Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Hello, and welcome to Birds with Friends. I am Bo Wolf with the extreme pleasure of being joined today on Birds with Friends by a national reporter, Mr. Shil Kapadia. Shil, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm not doing very well. I'll be honest. Okay. Why is that? <laughs> uh, because I did that thing, that like 6,000 word thing on the entire roster. I, I, I basically pulled an all-nighter to do that thing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm too old for this. Yeah, for those who thinks Bo, who think Bo might be like uh, putting on a front, uh, we just had like a sixty-second conversation before recording, and uh, I can confirm this is the worst I've heard him in uh, in the last three years. So this should be a fun podcast. Let the people know what we're doing. We're at, we're gonna get some football talking. We gotta get some football talking. Um, well, yeah. So so I'm working on another story, and then this thing this thing comes up so i got to do this so it's it's been an, it's been a whole thing so what we're going to do today what are, you, what are you like what are you like jordan matthews bragging about how hard you work or something yeah that's me <laughs> I'm, you'll you'll you'll, you'll uh, in the middle of this episode you'll hear me throwing tennis balls against the wall so i can catch them and work on my hand eye um so we're going to go through uh we're going to go through the position groups today and talk about our our uh, i guess our biggest questions heading into training camp for each position group. But I guess we start today with the first overall pick in the serial draft. No, I'm kidding. I'm gonna, I, fr- I framed it as the thing I find most, uh, I'm most interested about for each position group. So I guess it's the same thing. But. Okay, well, I haven't done any preparation or thought about it at all. So I'm going to, well, you can frame it however you want and I'll react accordingly. To be expected. To be expected. Okay. Um, what's, uh, what's new with you? Oh, let's get to the good stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, should we, should we go randomly through the positions or, or do the normal quarterback through? Whatever you want to do. This segment, I have not thought of a name, uh, for it, uh, but let's call it, um, the big nest gen. Okay. okay. And also, you know, you did do the, as you mentioned, this 89, man roster breakdown on the athletic uh in the wee hours of this morning or late last night uh which i just ran through here before we started recording i do have some thoughts so as we discuss the positions uh i can i can get to some of my uh my my reaction to your wonderful piece okay and you also uh did a little uh quick fix for the eagles offense which everybody yeah. should read Okay. So what are you working on now? I guess you must be you must be getting ready to be uh to be embedded with uh Frank Reich for like a month. I don't know. I'm finding it it's it's kinda of more difficult to come up with these national ideas. I can't just, you know, show up to a practice and say, Yeah, I'll do something off this today. So uh, I've got some stuff planned for later in the week, but uh I don't know if it's gonna be good or not. The case for Russell Wilson as M V P? You might want to write that one after your prognostications last year. Well, I mean, I correctly predicted they wouldn't make the playoffs. I'm not going to apologize for being right. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's start a quarterback. I found this to be the hardest one to answer. I know you didn't do any prep, but you know, I, I I rolled through these pretty quickly here on a nice Google Doc, and I had to think about what am I most interested in with this quarterback group this summer. I mean, I think you could mention two things. I, obviously, you want to see Carson Wentz be healthy, but I don't know that that's not really like an interesting thing to watch. I know, like, and, like, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm tired of that after last year. Like we've yeah. already been through that, right? And there's a little bit of you know how's he moving and all that, but I don't know. I'm not like a a doctor, you know, I sometimes think he's moving well. That's not true. Thinks- on this show, you play a doctor. Oh, 
That's true. What am I thinking? I'm so rusty. Okay, so I am a doctor, and so I will be watching for how Carson Wentz moves uh, <laughs> removed from that knee injury. But yeah, this is, you know, he'll be wearing a red jersey, and there's not going to be people really rushing him. And so he's he's going to look great. You're going to read reports, I think, uh, the first three days. Wow, he's on fire, as we've discussed before. That's what you can expect with him. He's a very talented, a very good, a very athletic quarterback. And in that setting, uh, he's he's going to look phenomenal. So that's one. And then I was thinking, all right, you know, is there anything a little bit more interesting? And it goes back to the discussion we had about this team versus the Super Bowl roster. And I guess it's, you know, Nate Sudfeld. I mean, I feel like I have no opinion on Nate Sudfeld. Do you have, I mean, do you have anything strong to say about your uh, evaluation from watching this guy over the past, I guess, what, year and a half, two years? As How a player? Yeah, I know we like him as a, as a person. He seems like a great guy. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, he throws a pretty deep ball. Okay. And that's about all I've got. That's right. He has nice touch on the deep ball. I mean, I think that um, absent of having a a uh, known quantity at backup quarterback, you know, you're, you're Nick Foles. Although I guess he's not, you know, he, he can surprise you and, and uh, not and be more than a, a known quantity. But uh, one one positive on Nate Sudfeld's docket is that uh, theoretically he should he should know the offense pretty well. I guess so. So we'll see. I mean, I never, I never, wa- I, I can't remember a single practice I've watched where I thought, man, study tore it up today. Yeah, I, I think that's know. probably right. Okay. You, you're already disinterested and we've done one position. Are you trying I'm to be di- me, me today or what? I've I'm, got a lot to say. I'm, I'm, bunk- I'm, I'm holed up in this basement all day long. I'm trying to come up with ideas that are getting no traction. Uh, I, I've been looking forward to this podcast. You can't stay awake. I'm debating whether or not I'm going to have to pause the podcast to puke. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> if uh, don't pause it, if that happens, just leave and I will, uh, I'll just give my rundown. And uh, you can tell me what to do when it's over so that it doesn't get deleted. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I mean, quarterback is like, it's the most important position. But in terms of like, you know, training camp interest, I think, I think it's, it's pretty low. Okay. What's next? Uh, you want to go to a linebacker? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Linebacker, I, I I feel like I want to see Camus Gruje Hill just be like the star of camp. Now that might not translate to the regular season necessarily. It's not like if he looks great during these practices in summer, you're saying, "Wow, this guy's going to make this major leap." But I feel like that is sort of there for him to just be the one of the defensive stars of training camp and a guy who can really carve out a role for himself. I mean, he's he's very athletic. Uh, he's going to get the reps, all those different things. There's a spot to be had there at linebacker. And so I think he's, he's the most interesting guy there. You know, I, I feel like there's a realistic scenario where he's a guy that people are writing about uh, quite a bit during these practices. Well, I mean, and you remember last year when Kamu, 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 Hill uh, became the will, it, it seemed like, you know, they, they, were, they sort of wanted anybody but him to win the job, and he just sort of kept flashing every day in practice and, and uh, ended up winning the job. I, you know, you wonder if, if that will be the case again this year. That's a good point, and I think I remember – all right, I could be making this up, but it's in my head, so I'll go with it as I do. Uh, I feel like I remember linebackers coach Ken Flajol saying in the spring something to that effect, like, you know – How come we never say, how can we never say uh, Ken Flajol and, and pronounce it like he's a real flayhole? Or like a flahole? Yeah, that works too. Okay, we could do that. But I, I think he actually alluded to that, something like, you know, Camus is, uh, he expected a big year out of Camus and he felt like he could really earn Jim Schwartz's trust or something like that. So uh, I think you're right. They certainly weren't gassing him up and saying, hey, this is the guy who we want to win it. He, he won it with his play, but maybe it was a little bit more of, does he always know where to be? Uh, is he going to be uh, assignment sound, as the football guys would say? Um, so I, I think that's right. We should sort of keep an, an ear out for uh, maybe how Jim Schwartz is talking about Camus Grugier-Hill this summer. Camus is also uh, sneaky young. He's like, you know, of, the, of the guys who are a projected starter, he's one of the younger guys on the team. 
that's interesting. He's 25. Okay. Um, I think that's a good one at linebacker. Um, I guess if I'm going to go elsewhere, I, I, I'm still, uh, I still have hopes for my boy Nate Gary. You love him. Well, Ken Flagell called him the smartest. The, I think, if I remember correctly now, I believe he called him the smartest man in the universe. Well, that should tell us to take what Ken Flagell says with a grain of salt, I suppose. <laughs> I think maybe that has grown outsized uh, over time. I, what, did he, he, what did he say? He's this, did he call him the smartest player he's ever coached? He, he said something like he was smarter. He said like he's smarter than I am. Like he, yeah. Oh, he could coach the he could coach the position. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know, Ken. Don't be putting that out there, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, theoretically, he's got the uh, modern day linebacker skill set, right? Uh, I think he could push for um, sub package sub package duty. Okay. You an LJ Fort guy, Zach Brown. Uh, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with LJ Fort and whether he's on the roster uh, or whether they try to get – it feels like the wise move would be to try to get that comp pick back. I don't know if he's going to be that valuable where you need to keep him, but uh, we will see. Zach Brown, I, f- I feel like there's going to be something with Zach Brown. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like he has a really good game or he's unhappy with his role or he says something really funny or he like just crushes another team in the division with like a soundbite. Like there's going to be some time where, uh, you know, like our our friends at WIP are going to be like talking about Zach Brown unexpectedly because he did something. Yeah, I can see that. He's he's got that uh, spotlight personality. I would say. Okay. All right, let's go to uh, the specialists. Mm, I didn't write anything down for them. Okay. Well, there's no competition. They're all running unopposed. So. Okay. I guess we can move on. How about tight end? Tight end, I thought was a tough one too because obviously Ertz, we know what we are getting with him. Goddard, everyone was gassing up in the spring, played well last year when he got the opportunity. I would like to see. Here's what I would like to see. I would like to see like Goddard versus Malcolm Jenkins in like one-on-ones and him making, you know, like these unbelievable plays against a guy who's really good. Because I think that was the one thing we might have mentioned in the spring was Goddard wasn't exactly going up against, you know, mm-hmm. Pro Bowl caliber defender. So, you know, that that would be like a fun matchup to watch. I, I would... Uh, well, yeah, Ertz and, and Jenkins have gone uh, yeah. gone up against each other in, in years past. Hey, listen, Bo. Iron, iron, iron sharpens iron. I know that's right. Okay. Uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, one of the things you wrote about on Monday uh, that we have talked about is, you know, Goddard can be this breakout player. The Eagles want to move to, towards uh, more 12 personnel. But they already ran 12 more than anybody else in the league. How much, you know, what is the ceiling there on, on how, um, how much they can really do it? Yeah, so I was looking at the numbers, and this is uh, courtesy of, I think, Sport Radar and the Football Outsiders Almanac. And the Eagles used two tight end sets 43% of the time last year, and that led the NFL. So I was just thinking to myself, I mean, what kind of real bump are we going to see? Is this going to be like this dramatic shift uh, towards a two tight end offense where, you know, they're just running it like, 20% 20% more than any other team in the NFL, that, that would be kind of surprising to me uh, if they were to go that route. So, And then I was looking at the numbers, which kind of surprised me. Um, if you look at yards per play, net yards per pla- pass play, uh, yards per carry, even a more advanced thing like success rate, like their numbers in 11 and 12 personnel were very, very similar in all those different categories. And so uh, I just wonder if we're making too much out of this. You know, I, I know Doug Peterson said way back, I think at the owners meetings that uh, this is going to be a off season project for us to incorporate more 12 personnel. We feel like we can do a lot with this. So maybe I'm wrong and they are going to run it uh, 65% of their snaps. Um, but that would just kind of surprise me a little bit. What I did find was that, in the red zone, they were awesome in 12 personnel last year, and they probably should have used it more 
even than they did. And they were really bad in 11 personnel in the red zone. So that obviously makes sense observationally. You get Goddard and Ertz in there uh, in the red zone, maybe with Alshon Jeffrey and Arcega Whiteside. Like that seems like a pretty uh, difficult personnel grouping for defenses to handle. But uh, I am kind of, you know, I I think a lot of people are going to write about this and talk about this quite a bit in the weeks ahead. And I understand it. Uh, I'm just curious, like when week 17 is over, when the playoffs are over, what are the numbers of how much they've actually used 12 personnel compared to a year ago? Defensive tackle. (laughs) Defensive tackle. I just put the defensive line. Oh, you put them all together. I was, maybe I was feeling a little lazy. I don't know. who's, Who's mailing it in now? Yeah, it's always me is the default answer. Uh, what do you got for defensive tackle? A little Hassan Ridgeway for me? Excuse me. Um, I see, you know, the more the, the, I, I still can't get over that trade. He better make the team. He better make plays. Um, yeah, I mean, how many, uh, how many defensive tackles are they going to keep? Four or five? It doesn't seem – I guess the biggest question to me is whether um, – is twofold whether whether Malik Jackson can be as good as they think he can be, uh, and and you know does he does Malik Jackson being at his best solve the lack of defensive end depth problem uh, because then you don't have to slide Graham inside as much uh, and you don't have to rotate four deep there, um, and then the other question is you know can Timmy Jernigan be as good as he was two years ago and I think that's probably I mean the answer to that considering how much he is getting paid is probably not. But if he could be, that would be uh, that would be a significant bump to their uh, their run defense. I think Jernigan is an interesting guy. My problem with defensive tackles is like, I don't know. I, I never watch a training camp practice. And yeah. Think, wow, that defensive tackle dominated. You know, they're 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 tackling to the ground so rarely. And, uh, you know, so you, you have your one-on-ones with the offensive linemen, which we both love, but I feel like that's even better for uh, defensive ends. So, and even if they're playing well in the preseason, like uh, we're not going to jump to conclusions. Wow, Malik Jackson, look at him playing great in the preseason. So uh, that's why I had a tough time with defensive tackles. But uh, I do agree with you that Jernigan is sort of an interesting guy um, to keep an eye on and, and see what's the range of things he can contribute here. Uh, unexpectedly sort of for the team in 2019. Well, why don't we slide to defensive end then? Defensive end, it's any of these young, can any of these young guys play? Or is uh, Chris Law going to be back on this roster? Or is something else going to happen? Connor Barwin. Connor Barwin. Are they going to have to make a move? Or can they trade a cornerback for a mm. fourth defensive end? Or, I, mean, I think if crazy. they're trading a corner, they should get a third defensive end. Okay. Bump, well, bump Vinnie Curry down. Okay. Um, yeah. I think they have high hopes for Josh Sweat, uh, but I think I need to see that before I can believe it. I 100% agree. I mean, I if he's like a contributing player for them, uh, I would be surprised. But, you know, some people seem to like him. So we will see. I didn't see anything from him last year in actual games where I thought, well, this guy can do something for you. But, you know, it's another year. So uh, we will not put a lid on his ceiling. Sharif Miller, obviously, is a rookie. And then your boy, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. Yeah. That's all I think of when I hear this guy's name. Um, How do you- I'm gonna, I am going to pause the podcast. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that was a uh, that was a birds with friends first. There have been there have been post game pods in which I have uh, I have been sick during the game, but never have we had to had to pause a podcast for me uh, to puke in the middle of a podcast. So that you know, two years season three, we're still we're still uh, breaking new breaking new ground. Now is this is this all from the lack of sleep? Do you have some kind of bug? Are you? Are I don't you have a sick? bug. I think it's the sleep. I mean, I got, I got one hour of sleep last night, um, and then and then it once the morning came and the story was done, I was able to to take a little um, uh, nap in the morning. But then I got up and I'm you know I'm feeling completely discombobulated. I feel like I got to pump myself with, uh, you know, with vitamins or whatever. So I went I went and got a a latte and a smoothie 
And I think the combination was, uh, was, was probably not the best combination. Mango smoothie, soy milk latte, do not recommend. Dude, <laughs> camp has not even started yet. I know. <laughs> what are you doing? You're like, I mean, this is like a, a rookie on their first year of covering the NFL. I mean, you have a like a seven month stretch. I know. Ahead of you, I know. Where you where you're gonna have to like be somewhere every day. Well, this story was it had to it was a it was a league wide coordinated effort. It had to go up at nine a.m. You're gonna be on planes and in hotel rooms, and there's gonna be germs everywhere, and you're gonna be catching early flights. Would you pace yourself a little bit? You're, My you're, gosh, you're... I leave I leave for like a week, and you're look at you. <laughs> My gosh, I think that's right. Maybe it's maybe it's just uh, it's it's just uh, the jilted lover in me. It's uh, your your absence is is uh, tearing me apart at the core. This happens. It's like you, you've heard of like the, the South Beach flu, right? You know, when like NBA teams are right. playing at Miami and they have a night. They, there is, yeah, I think there is such a thing as the Capati flu where, you know, I'm not around as much with somebody uh, as I used to be and things go bad for them uh, health-wise a little bit. I but feel like get- I, I feel like I need to just show up at Tim, at Tim McManus's house and be like, give me, give me the playbook here. What's, <laughs> how do I move forward with my life? <laughs> Oh my god! You know what? I feel like I should talk about your piece a little bit since you're you you like. But that's the thing; it's not even that good of a piece. I thought it was a pretty good piece. It's I fine. Few, I got a few things from it. Let's see. Well, uh, the thing is, the problem is, I was working on this story that's going up tomorrow, that I have been working on, and and I knew that this roster thing was also looming, and so I left it for the last second, and. Completely under and when it's when it's these things where it's like the whole roster, I uh, completely underestimate how long it's going to take me because I want to try to find a little bit of a nugget for everybody, and I instead of just like plowing ahead from the beginning. I mean, July twenty third. My goodness. All right. Well, let's continue with. I should have roster. broken that bad boy up into five different stories, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, or you could have done the offense and had Zach do the defense or something. That would have yeah. been smart. Well, Zach's taken he's he's uh, taken care of a, a different league wide responsibility. So it's 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 what's fair is fair. Let's hope he comes out of it better than you do. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> okay, I feel better right. now. I feel I feel uh, I feel like a, a weight has been uh, lifted. We should really Got have some you cold said- water on the face. You know. Okay. We should really have you send me instructions for if this happens in the future and I just have to finish the pod, uh, you know, like if you're just collapsed on the bathroom floor or something, then I could still <laughs> go on. But anyway, uh, all right. So we did what? We were finishing up with defensive end, right? Uh, we were. I said Joel oh, Osteen. Oh, yeah, Joel Osteen, and, yeah. And that, yeah. that's what set you that off. That is what set me <laughs> off, yeah. The, the, uh, he he could make me puke i take i I stand by that um yeah uh, osman like lane johnson keeps keeps gassing him up every chance he gets uh water gun to your head does joe osman make the 53-man roster no does he make the practice squad yes okay yeah I, i think that's about right all right, yeah, I'm just watching to see, you know, I, I want to know, can any of those guys give you anything is the question, or do you have to make a move? That's the biggest question uh, at defensive line, defensive I'm end. interested to see what Sharif Miller looks like. I mean, uh, my expectations are pretty low for what he can bring to the table as a rookie, but I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. All right, what else? All right, let's bump uh, to, let's go to running back, since we, uh, you know, we did our Darren Sproles grades on uh, the site, but we have not talked it through on the podcast. What did you make of uh, of that other than your pizza grade? Uh, I do not get it. I, you know, I know people were very mad at me. I'm going to bring this yeah, up. Yeah, we were getting killed. Uh, no, we. I was getting killed. No, we both were. It was like, oh, oh. Zach, Zach beat you guys. Like, oh, yeah, you got some love. I mean, I'm, I'll mention Oh, yeah, my this grade got love because it was a good grade, but. Yeah, I mean, I was just, you know, the forgotten man. I guess that's how it is, you know? You pour your you heart and soul into a well, beat for listen, years. You can't, you can't just parachute in and <laughs> act, like the, uh, act like the expert. That's precisely what I plan to do. <laughs> that's be, the whole you gotta idea. Out, you got to be out hobnobbing with, uh, with Kirk Cousins. and. 
I mean, I just, you know, the, the I want, you know what story I, I've been thinking about stories I want to pitch to you because, you know, you used to give me story ideas. Now I feel like I can give you story ideas. I want okay. the, I want the definitive ranking of all the hashtag sports Indians in the NFL. That'll take me like 10 minutes. Well, let's see it. There's like, there's like, does media count? Uh, that's up to you. So there's like five of us. Okay, well, I want to know the, the pros and cons of each. Where does Sanjay Lal rank? I mean, he's like the only one I can think of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought there was a, a, isn't there a high-ranking front office sports Indian? Uh, there is San Francisco. San Francisco, Parag. that's what I was going to say, Parag, yeah. 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 He's my, mom's, my mom's brother's name is Parag. Oh, all right, I like that. Okay. Uh, so Darren's Pearls, 36 years old has missed 23 of his last 32 games. When he's played, has averaged 3.2 yards per carry. His longest run last year was 17 yards. Uh, you know, the, this this guy who's just going to make them into a third-down monster had two third-down conversion receptions in eight <laughs> games last year. That's a pretty good stat. Listen, I'm not trying to crush the guy. I Darren Sproles has had a, a great career. He's, uh, I he, like the guy. He's well-liked yes. by teammates. I mean, by all accounts, he does everything the right way. Coaches love him. Teammates well, love there, him. I mean, he's there because coaches love him. I like rooting for the little guy. I'm on board with that. Um, they already but, have a little guy. They, yeah, boy, are you okay? Maybe this is, this is what the sickness is. Well, caused the sickness. no, I'm going to tell you my response to this. I have decided... Okay that uh, in support of my man Boston Scott and the egregious uh, shot across his bow taken by the Eagles, uh, that I will, be, uh, I will be holding out of training camp. Okay. I will be holding out. Uh, I will not be there on Thursday, and who knows when I will return. Okay. I like it. I've decided to hold out. So send, I don't, the, send the news cameras to, uh, I don't have a driveway, but my front stoop, and maybe I'll do some push-ups. Okay. This is a comment from Brody G on our grades. We, so those who don't subscribe to The Athletic, uh, you know, we know you're pathetic, but I'll read you one of these comments anyway. We graded the move as uh, pizza, and Brody G says, I think I'm grading Sproles out as about an Elio's. It's a frozen pizza that, by all accounts, has no business being very good. And really, it isn't very good. You wouldn't serve it to your friends. You probably tell them you don't like it either. But when no one's looking, (laughs) you eat eat two full sheets and love every second of it. Sure, it burns the top of your mouth, but you kind of like that too. Uh, I think he nailed the Elio's description. I don't totally... I don't totally get how that <laughs> correlates to sprawls. Not that any of ours made sense. I mean, yours, yours, I guess, did. People liked yours. But uh, I, like, I like him chiming oh, I thought in. thought mine was good for sprawls. Yeah, yours was good, I said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, the other thing that I just don't get is um, why did they have to do this now? Like, was, were they really trying, you know, was someone else really going to sign Darren Sproles? They had to, they had to beat them to it. Um, the problem with bringing Darren Sproles back is that, you know, you're going to have to replace him eventually. You've got these guys. It's not like they need to see what they have in Wendell Smallwood or like they need to see what they have in, in Josh Adams. But if you're going to develop these guys, uh, you need to give them an opportunity. And, you know, if you need if, – if, if, is Darren Sproles here just because he's going to be the best pass protector – that's fine, but like, how is how is Miles Sanders going to get any good at that if he's not not getting the live reps? Um, I mean, yes, they need return help, but it's the same thing. Like, I mean, it's not like Darren Sproles needs return reps in the preseason. They can still take a look at the Boston Scots and the the, the DeAndre Tompkins, but um, I don't know. I just uh, the Darren Sproles thing to me is like, okay, he's the break glass in case of emergency if you suffer an injury in in training camp or in September. Then you can the, go back and get Darren Sproles. The Chris Long of the offense. Right. If you the, will. The, um, who do they do that with? I don't know. Yeah. But I have a couple thoughts on what you said. Uh, one is, maybe and I don't have the num- numbers in front of me, so maybe you know this. Is Darren Sproles still like this great returner? This like impactful returner? Above? No, he's not a great returner. He is a... He is okay. a uh, Reliable. Low, yeah, he's a, he's a high floor returner. 
Okay. All right. So that's fine. Although he did have, I think he did have one fumble last year. Maybe it was two years ago. I think he did. Uh, well, you know what bothers me? Well, I guess two things. Yeah, people that, you know, the biggest argument for him was what's the downside, which I guess is fine. If you want to ask me that, I mean. Well, I mean, the downside is, is the, uh, the opportunity cost, like of, of who, could, who could you be seeing without him? Correct. Yeah. Who? I mean, you know, it might not be anyone good, but I don't know. Is it? Would you rather take a flyer on a young guy who could help you in the future potentially, or Darren Sproles? I mean, teams are going to be making cuts and all that, and you know, at some point you would get a chance to add one of these other uh, running backs, and then we don't know what the financial, uh, you know, financial situation is. We'll we'll see what his contract looks like and then i guess the third thing is uh you know they're not bringing him in to like not do anything right you know, the doug peterson likes him he's gonna get touches we'll right. see what he does with those touches but like if the yeah past i mean and deuce two, is, you know deuce is in charge of the rotation in game like you, you think deuce isn't gonna just throw him out there yeah i mean deuce said that sproles has been calling him all off season like giving him ideas uh, by the way an issue i have here is is what you said about you know is he here for pass protection and that was made in our comments too I mean, listen, I like Deuce Staley, but my that's got to, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's a good you point. have to be able to, you've got to be able to coach guys to, to be good in pass protection. That's and a good quite point. frankly, it hasn't happened well enough so far. Well, it actually their, it worked out. Uh, Corey Clement, his rookie season, did a good job at it. Okay. All right. So I'll give him one, but there needs to be more of that. Like, I agree. I mean, I don't Wendell know. Smallwood that's, that's was, getting, was getting demolished last year. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's a very good point. So, okay. I do think that uh, maybe this is the one. Uh, this is the one counter to the Doug Peterson doesn't care about personnel. He doesn't care about personnel except for Darren Sproles. Except for Darren Sproles, right? This is the one like <laughs> cookie that that Howie gives him to. I can't keep believe Howie agreed to this. I mean, I can't imagine anyone on the analytics side thought that this would be a good idea. They must have really just worn him down. Maybe it was yeah. one of those golf bets. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe maybe it's like Peterson's like, listen, I'll go for four. I'll be aggressive on fourth down, all this stuff. We'll listen to the analytics. Just uh, I, I get one thing a year, and uh, it's going to be Darren Sproles every year. <laughs> every year. Until he can no longer walk. Right. Or either that or he was just he, – he started uh, every day just showing up in Howie Roseman's living room, standing in the corner trying to catch his eye. <laughs> that is true. Trying to make uh, but- some eye contact. <laughs> As for running back, I actually think that Miles Sanders might be like if I was ranking the most interesting players to watch at practice over the next several weeks. Uh, Miles Sanders might be number one, I think. Yeah, I, I was going to say he's he's definitely top three. Top three I yeah. think uh, it's going to be interesting because well, first of all, you know he didn't practice in the spring; he had the hamstring injury. My I think every expectation is that he should be fine for training camp. Um, and I don't really think that missed time at that position uh, is a big deal. But you, you think about, I, like, I think there's a chance that, like, I think there's a, there's a chance that Miles Sanders is the guy from the get-go. And, like, we don't, they don't even bother with the, the Jordan Howard stuff. Um, Interesting. Like, that just, would surprise me. Well, I, it's not, I don't think it's what's going to happen. But... You think about, I mean, this is a this is a um, a smartly run front office, right? And the the case for drafting a running back high uh, in the second round is that you can uh, you can run him into the ground with his rookie contract and then let him go. And so why not just start doing that now? He's got the he's going to have the freshest legs. Jordan Howard has not been good lately. It's not like uh, it's not like. He needs the ball. I don't know. I think if like if Miles Sanders comes out and looks and looks pretty good in the preseason, I don't see I don't see why they have to uh, bring him along slowly. What's more likely, Miles Sanders leads the like you said is sort of the guy from the get go and is like leading the team in carries right away, or it's Week Four and Doug Peterson is asked on a Monday press conference. Hey, Miles Sanders only had uh, two touches yesterday. Right. He hasn't really gotten involved. What's uh, what are you seeing from him so far? That I mean, you you paint that picture beautifully. That does sound <laughs> like it's, it's it is almost it's definitely going to happen. It's one hundred percent happening. Yeah. 
and I think we both like Miles Sanders, but you know, I agree with you. I think the springs, you know, missing spring practice is generally overrated. However, yeah, this I is a guy. Up, I keep bringing up that Josh Adams missed it last, which spring, is smart, but which is which is true. But he also didn't Miles, make the team. Miles Sanders has his issues are fumbling. Yes, and pass protection. Correct. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that we can say it's an issue. It's just an unknown. It could. Be. It's an unknown. So like. I don't know. Those are things that yeah. coaches are like, you're not getting on the field. If yeah, you're I mean, not. he's not playing for Tom Coughlin. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how he does with, with Doug. I look forward to watching him in like a, uh, a, a linebacker DB versus running back one-on-one blitz drill. You know what I'm saying? Those, yeah, those, those drills. It's going to be him versus uh, L.J. Ford. Okay. Right. Him versus Zach Brown. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that he is, uh, in terms of, like, most interested to watch, he might be number one. And then in terms of if you're ranking, like, sort of the most most interesting storylines, he's, he's probably top three. Okay. Why don't you do a post for tomorrow, uh, <laughs> top, top 45 storylines? Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> top 89, ranking. <laughs> Yeah. The 89 storylines story going into camp, maybe for tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll Slack message Pete and let him know you <laughs> have that too. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to break that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it into 89 installments. Um, okay. Let's go to safety. I got nothing for this. Nothing? I think there's some interesting stuff at safety. Yeah, well, what do you got? I, I, I didn't think so. Oh, I think it's interesting. How healthy is Rodney McLeod? Is he, is he going to be ready to go week one? Uh, how does the rest of the depth shake out there? I think that's an interesting training camp battle. Like, you know, okay. could, does, uh, does Trey Sullivan take another little leap? Does Blake Countess make Andrew Sandejo expendable and the Eagles can save that comp pick? I think there's some interesting uh, storylines at safety. Okay. Will we see any of the cornerbacks get reps at safety? Um, Doesn't feel like that's their mo no, in past. Like uh, once the season starts a little bit when we're not watching, but right when the I don't, depth chart is really down. happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. What about the what about the um, the notion that we have discussed that that maybe uh, instead of instead of going big nickel, they just play more dime. Yeah, I could. Um, yeah, sure. Do you think that is likely? Obviously, it's a possibility. Well, so so let's compare. I mean, wouldn't you two. rather have, or would you? Would you rather have, uh, you know, let's call it Craven LeBlanc on the field instead of Andrew Sandejo? What's the situation? Um, the situation is third and seven, second quarter. Uh, Eagles are up by four, and the Bills have the ball on their own 41. Uh, it's I would... it's uh, about 53 degrees outside, and okay. there is a 10-mile-an-hour left-to-right wind. What have you eaten at uh, halftime? Uh, well, it's the sec- didn't I say it's the second quarter? Oh, I thought you said third. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't listening as usual. All right. Uh, well, I think at third and seven, yes, I would definitely rather be in dime or nickel. I, I'm trying to think of these situations when they most used big nickel. I feel like it was more when you're facing a team that runs out of 11 personnel, maybe on first and second down. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big nickel. I don't think I would have to look at, we would have to like look at the numbers more, but I don't think that was a big like third down uh defense for them but i understand your overall point i personally would uh i feel like if sendejo's on the team that they're gonna just yeah slot him into the Corey graham role and continue to play big nickel as much as they did last year i sort of think that that's correct okay yeah okay let's bounce to uh wide receiver i have two here one is uh, are we going to get like a Mac Hollins? Right. Like what the, what has been going on? 
I think it would be funny. I think it would be funny if like day one of training camp, you know, when when guys get people off the field, if the biggest media circle is around like Mac Hollins finally addressing what it is that's been going on with him, going on with him, and then like you know Carson Wentz slides by. Uh, I mean, I don't. All right, you're. That's like exaggerating, but I don't think that that's that crazy of a scenario. Right. I I mean, we hear from, you know, whenever we ask for questions, everybody's asking about Matt Collins. We're asking about him. We're trying to figure out what's going on with this guy. Not that anyone expects him to be, you know, a pro bowler or even a starter, but it's just been so mysterious. um, What has happened to this guy? And then it ties into them, you know, making changes on the medical staff and all that. And so uh, I want to see, is is he on the field? Is he in full uniform? What's his status? What has been going on? All those different types of things. And then I think there's a chance that uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is a camp star that he's just like making these crazy catches in the red zone and, um, you know, just looking really good where the hype reaches sort of a, a high level for him um, over the course re- of practices. And that allows you to keep retweeting your story about him. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. How many catches do you think Mac Hollins had his rookie season? I remember it not being a lot. I will say 12. Close, 16. 16. Uh, speaking of great guesses, Pistol Pete, uh, when I told him that I, I had submitted my the story that goes up tomorrow, not the one last night because that one was insane, uh, I, he said, how long is this bad boy? I told him to guess. He got it basically on the nose, about 3,500. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not too bad. So he knows his writers. Got to give him a shout out. Easy for me to say, not too bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, those were those were a painful thirty five hundred. Um, <laughs> I think you're probably right about about JJ Arcega Whiteside, um, and then the question becomes, how does he force his way onto the field uh, if he is able to? Yeah, that's next. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, corner. Are there any of the other? You don't care about any of the other receivers, right? No, you know, your boy, uh, John Ritchie, I did a hit with him uh, this week, and he was sort of asking about the bottom, you know, because that is kind of a every summer thing. It's right. like, ooh, which of these bottom of the roster receivers? But I don't know if they need, like, do they, uh, the way There's no this, room for anybody. They, they don't, why do they need a sixth receiver? If, if Matt yeah. Collins is healthy, he plays special teams. Our single yeah. white side can play special teams, right? Yeah, bar, barring an injury, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't see so any of those guys. So who did you say? I said no. I don't oh. think any. I said I don't think any of those guys are worth are worth. Any you didn't gas up my boy Mark and Mitchell, Mark no, and Michelle. I actually forgot all about him. Hmm. Must be nice. Yeah. Corner. Well, well, on that note, as I was reading your piece, there were some people who I, I like. You could totally could have made them up, and I would have had no idea. Oh. You know, I've had to empty some eagle stuff out of my brain as I sort of tried to learn. As you should. Uh, about the other teams, like they have a they have a defensive lineman named Anthony Rush. Yeah, that's gotta make you so happy. I did. I've already written. It's a misnomer. He's like he's 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 a completely uh, like a, a run stuffing nose guard kind of guy. Yeah. So uh, I, I you could have made that name up. I wouldn't have known. And then the other one I really liked was uh, your line for God Godwin Igwebuki. Yeah. Uh, you you said so so Bo did a hype man and a hater for each guy, and the hater said again his name is Godwin Iguabuki. His first name sounds like a mixed message pregame Carson Wentz led huddle break. <laughs> I thought that was your best line of the thing. I uh, oh, thank you. I actually uh, yeah I I laughed as I read it. Well I'll take so that. that. If I can get okay. one if I can get one laugh out of sixty six hundred words, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> I don't know where that. that you know what? The, you know what, Shield? That made it all worth it. In the Capadia uh, Playmaker Index, I don't know where that ranks, but uh, yeah, it was something. I was I used a lot of uh, KPI in that uh, piece. That was one of my other notes. Yeah, you're you're taking that and running with it. Yeah, I like it. I actually meant to say I meant to call it the KPI and and, and forgot yeah. some somewhere about three a.m. I'm sorry. I already feel very forgotten, so that didn't get to me. Okay. Uh, all right, cornerback. Probably oh, the most interesting. Oh, wait. Sorry, I hate to keep interrupting no, you. I like this. OK, 
Okay, but I, I thought you had one. This was a crazy stat you had about we just talked about the wide receiver, so I want to bring it up before we move on. About Alshon Jeffrey, uh, you said of the players who had at least 800 receiving yards, only Tyler Lockett had a higher catch rate and more yards per reception than Jeffrey? Correct. Am I reading that correctly? Correct. Wait, so which one? Both of those? What do you mean? Like, like Jeffrey ranked second to Lockett in both catch rate and yards per reception among players with at least 800 yards? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Okay. Of the guys with at least 800 yards, only Lockett had both a higher uh, yards okay, per reception gotcha. and catch rate than Alshon Jeffrey. Like, okay. Michael Thomas had that crazy high catch rate, but it was for, like, 11 yards a catch. Ah, uh, okay. All right, I got you. You see what I mean? It's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a cherry pick, but... Well, listen, when you're writing about 89 guys, you got to carry it back. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, moving on. What was next? Uh, corner. Probably the most, uh, to, the, to the health of the football team, the, uh, the most interesting position. Number one in the positional juice rankings going into camp, I think. Definitely. Okay. But it's hard to narrow down. Like, I, I guess the most interesting guy is probably Sidney Jones, right? I think he is the most interesting guy. Okay. Um, because the range of outcomes are so high for him, are so wide. Uh, you, you know, when Zach and I went back and forth on that, uh, that beat writer back and forth thing, uh, you know, I said you could make the case that he is the, you know, at best the sixth best cornerback on the team right now. And he, he said that's true, but you could also make the case that he is the most talented of them, which is probably fair. Um, so, I mean, if it's the Sidney Jones we saw the second you know, we came back from the injury last year, then he's going to be buried on the depth chart and maybe traded for, you know, a late-round pick. But if it is uh, – if, if it was always going to take two years for him to come back fully from the Achilles injury and he's, you know, better than he was at the beginning of last season when he flashed a little bit, then maybe he's – pushing to be the starting outside cornerback. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. He is, you know, this is like, uh, he's, he's sort of fighting for his football life right now. Yeah. He could be starting or he could be on another team in, in week one. Yeah. So that, uh, that makes him fascinating. How about the status of Jalen Mills? The Jalen Mills thing is very interesting. Yeah. Like, Give us is, the. You remember these on. details better than I do. What's the sort of timeline? Zach will remember him better than I do. But <laughs> he got. Well, I think it was the. Was it after the Jaguars game? After the bye, he had a he had a he had a foot injury, and they had him as day to day. And then, like a week or two later, he just shows up in a walking boot, and he's done for the year. Um, so it yeah. was one of the one of the many uh, Eagles mystery injuries, and. Uh, you know, I have been saying all along that, that water gun to my head, I think he's still going to be the other starter opposite Ronald Darby. But we're, all, we're talking about two guys who are coming off injuries. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of guesswork there. Yeah, I'm really wondering about that now. I think I, I would not be able to say that confidently anymore. And I also, so. like, when I, was doing, when I was doing the thing uh, last night, it reminded me of the Darby timeline. I mean, he tore his ACL in November. Like, he's going to be ready for week one? Interesting. Good point. So more, even more of an opportunity for Sidney Jones. Yeah. Or Andrew they could ju- Douglas. Yeah. Or and they could Avante just say Maddox and strap. They could just say, screw it. Rasul Avante and strap. Get out there. That's screw not crazy. These other, screw these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that will be interesting. Yeah. That's the most interesting group of camp for sure. Okay. And it's also a good, uh, in terms of what you can judge during camp, it's a good group to watch. Ooh, we'll get a little bit of uh, the the Ravens uh, Ooh. arrive, right? Ooh, a little Hollywood a little Hol- Brown. Hollywood Brown. Oh, against Sidney Jones. That's got some juice to it. Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. Our last position is the offensive line, I believe. I think that's right. I don't know that's right, though. Well, I know that's right. Uh, I think two guys here are of interest, and specifically, again, in those one-on-one drills where it's O-lineman versus D-lineman. Andre Dillard, I uh, want to see how he is doing in those drills, although 
I guess he won't be going up against, uh, you know, it would be nice if they had like a, uh, well, no, Andre Dillard versus Derek Barnett. That could be fun in those yeah. drills. Yeah. Um, and then the Jordan Mylata hype train. Where, where does it stop? Where I don't know. Go? Like, I don't know if I care that much about Mylata this year. No? Well, I certainly, I, I certainly. Uh... Now, now that he actually has a chance to contribute, you're, you're over. Well, why does he have a chance to contribute? I don't know. It's what do you mean he has a chance to contribute? When, how is he going to contribute? Mm. Who's he going to? Is he going to play over Vitae? Is he going to play over Dillard? Peters gets injured. Okay. Dillard is starting, and Mylod is your swing tackle. What about Vitae? He's on the Houston He's... Texans or the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I like. Okay. I All still right. believe in the long-term prospect of Mylotta, but uh, I'm not sure that. I mean, and then, and obviously, it's it's interesting to see how far he would come from year one to year two. This this grand grand football experiment that he is, but um, I don't expect him to to like. I'll be I'll be shocked if he plays an offensive snap this year. So most likely scenario is he's on the 53. He's inactive on game days, and it's another year of using a roster spot on him where he's not going to play. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's not crazy. Um, in my, in my, like what I, like what I really love about training camp, I am, I'm interested to see if I can like, if which of the five undrafted rookie offensive linemen becomes the guy that I like. Mm. One of them will be, one of them will become my, my pet offensive lineman. So I look forward to, to judging who that will be. Um, but I, uh, I mean, I guess the big question is, is just what's Brandon Brooks' timeline? Is is it going to just stay that Vitae is, is uh, the right guard in his stead until he can return, or is this all sort of a smoke and mirrors thing to uh, to gas up his trade value? Mm, interesting. I like that. I also, speaking of trade value, I think with the corners, it's very important to. Uh, Trust your eyes versus what the coaches say. You know, I think that's going to be really interesting if you're like, man, Sidney Jones is getting burned every day. And Jim Schwartz is like, Sidney Jones is having the best camp of any corner. Mm-hmm. Who, who are they going to gas up for a little trade, uh, but potential trade? You know, do you, it is. I, I was saying it earlier, but yeah, it, it's uh, entirely possible that one of these guys gets dealt at some point uh, in August. So I think that will be interesting to see who. Who are they talking up where you're like, eh, it doesn't really seem like this guy's playing that well. I think that Rasul Douglas is the likeliest to get traded. Interesting. Only because it's going to be hard to trade a guy with an injury history. Like, yeah. you're not going to, no one's going to trade for Jalen Mills. No one's going to, I don't know. The Sidney Jones thing is like, if you're going to trade for him, you're, you're not paying much for him. Whereas mm. with Rasul, like, you know what he is. Uh, there's there's not a lot of guesswork in what you're getting. I think like if you would you would know what you were acquiring if you were trading for him. I think that's true, and and Rasul Douglas may see more of the Joe Douglas type mm. player if, if you're thinking about the Jets being a potential suitor. I guess that's right. I don't know. He seems like a you know tough, durable guy, right? That's what Joe Douglas covets. Yeah, I like High a Rasul. Four. Okay. I don't think that I wouldn't trade Russell Douglas if I was the Eagles, but yes, he is a guy who it seems like the media and public have a more favorable opinion uh, on him than the internal coaching staff. I think that's right. Okay. I'm, I got to tell you, I feel so much better post puke. You sounded, you've really sounded great during the second portion <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> I feel like a new man. Yeah. Well, now you know what's struggling. Yeah, I got to pull the trigger every episode. Yeah, okay. We can do that. (laughs) I think that probably would create some bad habits. You think we can get that sponsored? If we could get it sponsored, I would do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. What else you got? Uh, what uh, this now for those, uh, you know, cranky listeners, this may be the non football. Hmm. portion of the podcast what uh what content have you been consuming i know i mean you've been working very hard but i you know these are some nights where you can get in some some watching yep. anything uh anything good going on in the wolf household well we finally started doing billions um and i it's it's okay 
it's a good like it's a good sort of popcorn watch. You don't have to really care about it too much. And I like that. The one thing that I like about it is that they don't like um, they don't pussyfoot around like the the pacing. Like a lot of things happen in an episode, but there's like the dialogue is so, uh, so much exposition. Some of the characters are pretty badly written, I think. But um, Giamatti's great, so that's okay. Yes, I would. I would say it's uh, very entertaining, so I enjoy it. Uh, but yes, it wouldn't be on my. This is the most well done show I've seen right. list or anything like that. Uh, the guy who plays Connerty, I feel like especially, is just like you know. Sometimes you're. Sometimes his lines are unbelievable. Mm. Wait till wait till you get to this last season. Okay. And, uh, I think yeah. Axe's wife is written very poorly. She's also the one who's oh, like she's yeah. always delivering like she's always just delivering uh, exposition and internal monologue. Like, uh, yes. it's a little, but um, I'm excited for Succession to return. Uh, we've uh, also we've been doing Big Little Lies. We haven't done the finale yet. Um, so you're up to this season. We we've watched all of the season except for the finale. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, it's it's been just okay. Uh, have we been watching anything else? I think that's really about it. We've been doing a lot of, a lot of tra- traveling. Did you do a, Did you do a flea bag? Oh yeah, I love flea bag. Okay, I thought that was solid. Did we talk about flea bag? How the hot priest was not that hot. Uh, we have not, but I I think he's very handsome. You think he's a snack? Yeah, I think he's a very good-looking guy. Okay. Especially for a priest. I mean, with all due respect to the priests out mm-hmm. there. Well, I guess that's true. Uh, <laughs> I wish that he would. I wish that he would like shampoo his hair. No, that's the look he's going for. That, that's the look he's going for. Unwashed, <laughs> the unwashed masses. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have no issue with that. Okay. Uh, I started. Uh, we we've only watched one episode of The Loudest Voice. Have you watched that one? No, I don't know about this. It is a Russell Crowe playing Roger Ailes. Oh, yeah. See, like, I don't need more Roger Ailes in my <laughs> life. Uh, I got to say, Russell Crowe in that uh, that first episode was fantastic. Okay, I believe it. Yeah, I, you know, Russell Crowe, maybe not, maybe not the guy you want um, singing your musical, but he's a, he's a very good actor. Okay. Uh, do you do, uh, yeah, I don't think you do All or Nothing, do you? No, I haven't in the past. Should I? Who? I don't even know what team it is. Uh, it's the Panthers this year. Oh, okay. Keep pounding. Um, yeah, a lot, a, lot, a lot of Cam Newton in there, but I'm um, a few episodes into that bad boy. Do you do uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Seinfeld? I have always done it. I have not checked out the new season yet. New season started. He's, he's got a 40-minute episode with Eddie Murphy. 40 minutes? It's, most of them are like 12 to yeah. 16 minutes. But I guess if you get Eddie Murphy, you go long. Wow, that's very interesting. I look forward to that. Uh, that was. Good. I do enjoy. It's a very. That's a fun watch. That is a nice. I feel like that's great for, you know, you have a kid or kids. You just went through this like arduous bedtime. Right. You, you something know, the, to just wind down yeah. before bed. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to think too much. You just kind of pop it on. Maybe you throw it on on the iPad or something. Uh, right. You know, in the bedroom while you're about to go to sleep. All that. So yeah. That. Uh, what? How do you feel about a Sebastian Maniscalco? Well, I'll tell you that Zach Berman is a big fan. My friends love this guy. I find him a little bit of a caricature. Okay. Um, but. Who's who's who? Who is your friends? I'm not everybody. Our, Beans talking him up. Yeah, Lemur. Our, our entire thread is loving him. I don't know that much about him. I only saw him uh, on the. He was previously on Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, okay. and then he was on this season. Uh, I thought he was very good on this season. I very much enjoyed him. It it, it, it leaves me wanting to see more. Okay, all right, I'll check that out. My sister does a good impression of his uh, Chipotle bit. Oh. I would. This is like. There's nothing I would love to hear more than this. <laughs> I say that with like a hundred percent sincerity. <laughs> so maybe for a future pod we can okay, incorporate yeah, we'll, that. We, we'll, I'll, I'll get the camera rolling. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, last, I have to follow up. Last episode, you said that you were going through a midlife crisis, and we never, we never got the story. Uh, I don't. I don't know that there's a specific story. <laughs> You're the one who said it. 
Well, you know, you just kind of, uh, you kind of like look at where you are. You know, forty is not too far away. You're starting a You're new. You're moving role. up. You're a new national guy. National guy. You know, what am I really doing with my life? Am I contributing to society here? You know, if I were to like, uh, you know, if I were to move on in the next few years, mm. would I have really left an imprint? All those different things. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. So listen, that's inside the. Uh, tortured mind well i'll tell you someone uh you know a buddy of mine was i think they're trying to have kids and uh they were uh, he was asking like you know what's uh what's the really the biggest difference uh like once you have kids like what really caught you by surprise i said well you know like i I i'm not sure that anything really caught me by surprise um i certainly think about death a lot more Mm. (laughs) like uh so i think that's right i would agree with that yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it's just always, always there. Um, well, it's really taking a turn. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, uh, not speaking of which. Speaking I'll, of death? Okay. No, speaking of uh, fatherhood, I told you we had a new song in the house. Oh, yeah. What do you got? Um, in the morning, when uh, it's time to get dressed for, for school, for daycare. Yeah. Everybody get your clothes on. Everybody get your mother effing clothes on. Love it. Pretty good, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you can use that. Okay. I will do that, but I might, uh, I don't know. Sometimes with the energy it takes to get that done, I might be not doing the edited version. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm editing it for the podcast because because, uh, we're a family-friendly show, but... I did have a, uh, a trip out to Portland, Oregon. Oh, so wonderful, loyal listener uh, Justin S. We'll call him. That w- that was fantastic. Justin, uh, how, how do you feel about like these uh, these fancy donut shops? You know, I prefer a regular. You know, I prefer a real like American donut, a real Heartland donut. No, um, yeah, I don't. I don't want like. A, you know, like you know, like bacon on the donut. Or That's like exactly what I was. Nonsense, yeah, that's like what I'm thinking. I want like a, like at, well, you know, like Federal Donuts, the great uh, donut place in Philadelphia. I don't like the, like the fancy sugary topping donuts. I want the, give me the hot, you know, uh, what, whatever it is, like the cinnamon sugar uh, f- straight out the oven. That's, that's the donut I want. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree that's where the, the fancier and more gourmet yeah, the donut toppings gets. on a donut. I don't need all that. Yeah, I, I think okay. So Maybe this is—is is this—is this me getting old? Uh, I don't know. I feel that the entire Capadia family, I would say, feels that way. Okay, good. Well, you're raising the, you're raising those kids right. Uh, another thing in my trip to Portland, uh, I hadn't seen this in a long time, but having to grab the key to go use the bathroom. Ooh. Uh, come on! I thought that was over, yeah, except what, like a select <laughs> gas station. Yeah. Wait, that wasn't at a gas station. Where was no, it? No, no. This was at. Uh, it might have been at. At the donut a, place. At the at the Blue Star Donuts. It may have been. It was at. I don't know. That might be wrong. It was at a, a an establishment for either coffee or donuts. But isn't man, there they, a, isn't there a Golden Tate story of donuts in Portland? Uh, I think that's Seattle. Oh, it was Seattle. Okay. Yeah. I think he might have been uh, uh, shoots to the wind. Maybe a little herbal essence uh, oh, okay. late night and wanted a little snack or okay. something. Smoking a little white sugar. And then I think he might have got like a sponsorship deal out of it or something. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, I mean, I just see that key like on the counter. And yeah, it that's, just seems that's wild. Yeah, so we, we've, we've got to get rid of that. Yeah, I mean, oh. we've, we've evolved past that for sure. Okay. All right. I, think I also went were... to Portland, but it was the other Portland. Mm, right. Okay. Anything notable no, from that? No real uh, observations. Okay. Well, thanks for, sh- thanks for sharing. I thought I'd, I'd close the loop on the, on the, uh, the, the Portland uh, Birds with Friends escapades. All right. I feel like we really uh, got, you know, it, it didn't start off so fast, but I feel like we ended strong on this podcast. Yeah. I think Just that's need a little break for you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we may be doing another episode tomorrow, but... Uh, I'm not going to commit to that. And uh, then I'm going to begin my training camp holdout. So we'll see what happens from there. Well, I was going to ask, are you nervous about a potential 
Saturday podcast that uh, you won't be a part of. I'm not nervous because uh, two fronts. I would say there's a 90% chance it's not going to get posted, even if you do record it. <laughs> I'm not, I, I mean, Zach, I might be able to teach Zach how to do it tomorrow, but that's, that, I know you're not doing it. <laughs> I know, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, and then the other thing is I'm not worried because I would love to listen to it. It'd be, it'd be fun. Okay. It'd feel like be, feel, it would be, feel a little, uh, a little voyeuristic, I think. This is like there's a good friend of mine uh, who lives in the neighborhood, and twice now he's walked into our uh, local coffee shop and not seen that I'm there. And, I, and so I get to just observe him in his natural habitat, uh, <laughs> like living his life for like 90 seconds before he sees me. It's kind of very kind of it's, 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 it's the emotional zoo a little bit. Yeah, I want to call you creepy, but I enjoy I en- would enjoy that as well. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, well, I think it will. Be, I think this could be the first Birds with Friends episode you haven't been on, right? Is that no? no you did. That, you did, did a uh, you did a Coach, Coach Flynn when uh, when I was in the Casey. hospital. Yeah. Okay. With, with uh, Casey's delivery. Okay. Obviously, All right. not my delivery. Yeah. All right. How much longer? When do the kids go back to school? Uh, it's not that long, actually. I was looking at the weekends. Uh, I think September first, second. Okay. It's like uh, Labor Day, and then it they're they're back. So what what what's their next month looking like? Got some camps. Currently in a theater camp. Got oh, a that sounds fun. Arts and crafts camp coming up. I think there's a might be a Harry Potter camp coming up. Ooh, so, what's uh, the Harry Potter camp? Uh, I don't know. It's exactly what I just said. A that Harry sounds Potter fun. Camp. Yeah. So. That's that. Well, I'll talk to you later. See ya. Good luck with that uh, sports Indian piece. Will do, mill do. All right. For Shil Kapadia, I'm Bo Wolf. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.